There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Missy, man. Groovy. Hello. <laughs> I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you. Hello there, it's a spooky hello from me, Lonnie, and how are you doing over there, Dylan? Uh, spookily good, I guess. <laughs> Would you Have you got a, a name ready to go for like the Simpsons Halloween specials, how they always have like fun names in the credits? What do you go with? Oh, man, I haven't seen a Simpsons Halloween special in years. No, but for, you your, for your name, though. Like me, I'd be, be oh, Swamp yes. Monster, you know? Oh, like Matt Groening and that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, what would you yeah. go with? I don't know. Dylan Hellas? Hey, that's hey? pretty good. Okay, done. That's pretty good. That's not bad. What about you? I said Swamp Monster. It's pretty good. Yeah. We'll workshop it. Yeah, not the point of today's pod. Um, it is the Halloween special <laughs> of I Miss You Man. Um, last year we did the long Halloween film adaptations and Batman related story. Pretty awesome. No, great stuff. Lot to choose from. Uh, we put it up to a vote between ourselves. <laughs> what did we pick, Dylan? Well, what won out unanimously, can I say, is the Evil Dead trilogy. Hey. Um, yeah, good. Now, ones I haven't seen before. Thank you for the opportunity to bring into my life. But you're a big fan from way back. Oh, mate, love me some Evil Dead. Um, probably more two than any other. Okay. Probably two and three. One, one I'm not that big a fan on, but we'll we'll get into why. There's nothing wrong with it, Lonnie. There's nothing wrong with it. All right, <laughs> never, it's fine. I never said it's okay, was. Lonnie. <laughs> no, it's fine. I stand corrected. <laughs> Now we'll go into it. So I'm sure everyone is probably well aware. It's a pretty famous trilogy at this point, but uh, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell, written by Sam Raimi and his brother. I'm pretty sure all three are. Mm -hmm. And just just a classic cult hit trilogy, aren't they? They sure are, and they've they've spawned a lot of a lot of imitators. So sort of, well, from what I was reading of, it was like the sort of first horror comedy. At least the second one was. Yeah, second was, yeah. Yeah. Pretty groundbreaking in that way. Yeah. Not, not many, not many films one. start a genre, do they? <laughs> Just cool. No, no, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Hmm. But let's talk about all three up front, Lonnie. Okay. Feelings overall? Overall, I think I appreciated them more than I liked them. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Is that is that right. damning with faint praise? Well, I guess we'll get into specifics in a bit, but I just talked about my feelings. But I think talking about all three up front. Okay. It's a fascinating tonal symmetry, 
the trilogy has. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, what do you, what, no, go into more detail, please. Okay, <laughs> alright. So the first one, mostly horror, some slight comedic elements. Mm-hmm. Second one, I think it's pretty much 50-50 mm-hmm. straight down mm-hmm. the middle between horror and comedy. Yep. And then the third one, mostly comedy with some slight horror elements, I would say. Okay, I see where you're going there. Yeah, sort of progression mm. all the way through. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive into the first one. So, what's the basic premise? It's just a bunch of mates go to a cabin, pretty much, college students, mm-hmm. and they find, like, this evil book, the ne- Necronomicon, uh, penned in blood, as the movies tell us over and over again. <laughs> basically an evil book that summons demons yeah much. so i don't want to get too bogged down in all the the mythology but is the idea that those demons were in that particular area of the world in that woods or were they just called there from the other side i think just when you when you speak the words that are in the book it just yeah. summons them from like another dimension or hell or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. cool that's cool um yeah, it started off the, the cabin in the woods sort of trope. It doesn't it started off perfected. And there's actually a film of that title, isn't there? Which I haven't seen. Apparently pretty good. Is that Eli Roth did that one? I'm pretty sure. I think Joss Whedon was involved in some capacity. I think Eli Roth did a cabin movie, though. A okay. cabin in the woods oh, movie. Did I? <laughs> oh he did, yeah. I think there's another one. Cabin in the Woods I'm thinking of is a bit meta, I think. It's a bit satirical. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so then just um, weird shit happens, basically. Pretty much, yeah. They all get possessed, um, except Bruce Campbell, Ash Williams. Um, he's the hero of the trilogy, but in the first movie, he's kind of just a survivor, really, more than anything. And that's because he's best mates with Sam Raimi, and they went to school together, right? Like he was, <laughs> And he was the only actor who sort of stuck around. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's not, he's not heroic in the sense that he becomes a straight-up action hero by the third, is he? He's just there. Dumb luck more than anything. That's fun. It's just shit's happening to him. He's trying to get by, basically. Yeah. He's an everyman. I think that's what everyone likes about him. It's a very rough film, isn't it? It's... I try to appreciate. <laughs> well, it's, uh, their first movie they ever made. They pretty much made it as they specifically. They made it up as they went along, um, and it sounds like it was a bit of a horrible shoot from what I was reading, because they oh mate they had no idea what they were doing, making it up, no money, lots of fake blood, <laughs> lots of fake blood, fair amount of fake blood, some would say. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray of the trilogy, mm-hmm. and I did watch the behind the scenes of nice. Evil Dead One. Fascinating stuff. Do you? They basically made it. They didn't really want to make a horror movie. They just made it basically because everyone was doing horror. Mm. It was the hip and happening genre at the time. So they just wanted to get their foot in the door. And it's basically a guarantee that horror would make money. Because like the ratings at the time, the ratings board, they just let everyone do what they wanted basically (laughs) at the time. It's um, pretty common in a lot of filmmakers' journeys. They start off with horror films um, because generally audiences are forgiving. And they'll go with the idea, and they'll they'll be happy if you throw some fake blood in there. People will like it, and also they're fairly exactly. cheap to make too. So, it's a good stepping stone. Yeah, for sure. Well, 
here's the thing. You would think it'd be cheap to make. And by today's standards, I guess it is. But they did go over budget. They budgeted at 150k. Hmm. Ended up costing 500k. Yeah, it's a bit more. <laughs> just a touch. Just a touch more. <laughs> uh, did they say how it went over budget? Or just because it took ages? And, oh. Because they didn't know what they were doing? Took, yeah. Took ages. Didn't know what they were doing. Like, the makeup artist that they got for the interview is like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just threw acrylic paint on people's faces. And, uh... Apparently it doesn't come off too easy. You have to like scrub it off. Mm. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> There's the physical trauma everyone went through. Like the woman talk about we'll talk about the forest scene in a bit. But <laughs> the actor who went who went running through the forest, she got like all cut up from running through the woods and everything. There's madness. Physical trauma they're all going through. Yeah, like in some ways you can look back and laugh or look back and just sort of I appreciate the gall of the young kids doing that. But also, it's like, that shouldn't be how you make stuff, hey, in a <laughs> civilised society. No. But different no. time, different time, 40 years ago. Yeah, 79, I think they shot it originally. Mm, wow. Um, but yeah, they basically when they got there, because there's an actual cabin, I'm pretty sure, mm. just in the middle of the woods. Apparently, when they got there, like it was just filled with like cow shit and like goat manure. And I think Bruce Campbell actually had to clean it up for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. Maybe of... lost a bet with Sam Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> reminds me of a horror film I was part of in my university film days. Ooh, it's called, hello. called Bloody Habit, and I sort of Bloody Habit because it was to do with nuns. Nunnery gets basically chopped up. <laughs> Put it lightly. Um, hello. I came onto it fairly late just because of various things to do with that year. And I came on as an art director, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I was doing the blood. Someone else did the blood, but I did everything else, sourcing all the props and whatever. I didn't do the makeup either. It was obviously a makeup artist. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of late nights filming from like starting in the afternoon, going all night to like three or four in the morning. Well, I mean, that's the only time you can shoot for a horror movie, isn't it? It's got to be night time. Um, has to be. Has to be. We didn't make an impact like this film did, obviously, but <laughs> did it give me some flashbacks. What was your budget? That. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not even a thousand dollars. Probably. I don't know if they did crowdfunding. Whether they it was just people donating their time. Oh, no. Probably more that. That's it. That's a right me. I didn't get paid for that student film we did. Yeah, that wasn't a horror film. Unless you count Pepsi as a horror. <laughs> Horror villain. Horror villain, maybe. <laughs> she's up there. Nah, she's a nah, she's alright. She's alright. <laughs> nah, she's good. Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, basically had you as you said before, it's a horror movie, so it's a good for a first time filmmaker because you don't really have to try too much. Like you don't really have to have a great script. The acting, I'll be honest, it's fairly subpar in it. Yeah. Uh even Bruce Campbell. He he hadn't got that Bruce Campbell swaggy yet. In this movie, no, he he was and direction is lacking for the actors, um, mm. and you know, fair enough. They're starting out, and so Sam Raimi as a director yeah. starting out. This one, like I liked what it was going for, but it did become a little bit repetitive, um, and there are lots of kind of large chunks where things are just happening, and it's like just do something, guys. So what are you just standing around in the room for? This doesn't well, really. They can't leave. But yeah, so like. It becomes less interesting to me when they're just sort of standing, and it's like they've locked the the demon 
in the basement and she just poking <laughs> her head up and just just throwing barbs at them. I mean, it's pretty funny. Yeah, just talking <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, that's a laugh. Um, yeah, I, I'm, probably one of the things I don't like too much about the law in this universe is that there's kind of not really any logic about possession. No. Like, demon possession just can happen out of nowhere. Like, no, no matter how hard you try to get away from it, mm. you can just get possessed like that. Yeah, the demons can be stopped by a door sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's a, a POV camera demon, yes. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, and then, like, in the sequel, it's... he... He is possessed, but then the sunlight sort of gets rid of the demon. Oh, classic, classic. Yeah. Daylight solves everything. The empiric sort of thing. Okay, I get that, but yeah. you're right. There's not much logic, but also that's kind of, that's almost becomes a logic that it doesn't make sense. It's oh, vibe, yeah, it's you can based. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, good stuff. And, you know, for a student film, the effects are good. Mm. Like uh, you get you get pencil stabbing into ankles, you get mm-hmm. bloody limbs getting cut off. It's all good stuff. Biles getting spit up everywhere. That was pretty gross. Yeah, there, there's some really arresting images, and the visual style is sort of there from day one for Sam Raimi. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, Terry got uh. Brought to court on on obscenity charges for making this movie. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, nearly went to jail too. Jeez. Oh, I think it's yeah. I think it was uh, British courts. Or something about their ratings and standards. Like they, you couldn't show that movie there originally. It was banned. Mm. The only way you could get it there was to pirate it and everything. Well, so... it's, it's, I've got a quote here from a retrospective um, article that I read, and it talks okay. about a, a making of documentary, which may be the one that you watched. With Edgar Wright, was he was he in that one you watched? Yeah, yeah. Edgar Wright and Eli Roth and heaps of horror directors. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, Edgar Wright was talking about so when I was in college, someone had it on VHS, and there was a crappy third generation version, which only added to the scariness of it. So it's like a bootleg <laughs> of a bootleg, and the film itself is pretty low rent and something you know rough around the edges, but that adds to the this whole whole vibe to it, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, very amateurish overall. Mm. Like in probably in that same documentary, I would say, um, one of the guys was like, "Oh, you know, we won't keep in continuity. <laughs> we just come back the next day, just throw white paint for the bowl and blood splatter everyone to say, yeah, that looks right. Yeah, what's wrong with that?'" But I didn't notice any huge continuity errors. It kind of all worked together. Is that interesting? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, what do you think of the tree rape scene? Yeah, not good. I did read that Sam Raimi's like apologized for it, and pretty much, almost it's almost from the time they kind of knew it was not right, but they they did it anyway. Like young, they realized pretty quickly. Filmmakers wanted, yeah, yeah. wanted to push the boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they realized pretty fast that it was not on. But um, yeah, it doesn't work, does it? Just. It's just fucking weird. Like, yeah. who would think of that? Who would think of a forest raping a woman? Like, no. no. Sam, what are you doing? No, I can't defend that. No, no. Um, what do you think about stop motion? In general, let's go with. In general, it can be There's used... a lot of it in this trilogy. Yeah, it can be used pretty well, and I like it because it is it is distinctive and different. 
overall, I, I probably appreciate other effects more, but it's okay. <clears throat> so, I love it when it's purely stop motion. Mm. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas, Course Ride, you know, all that okay. kind of stuff. When you have stop motion mixed with live action, I don't, I don't like that. It just looks so off and out it's of jarring. place. Yeah. It is very jarring. Very jarring. No, I don't like it. But it also kind of works. For two and three, I'll say it works. Mm. Because they're horror comedy, so it kind of adds to the comedy element. It looks a mm. bit goofy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yuck. Mm. And then, yeah. The, the jarring element does make work because it's putting you off. And that yeah. works for this film. Yeah. yeah. Well, it works for the last two. It doesn't really work for this but, one, I think. Yeah. But also, funnily enough, having a male protagonist in a horror film at the time was actually seen as quite out of the ordinary, too. Yeah, because usually it's the final girl who survives, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And best the monster at the end of the day. Mm. Just an interesting tidbit, I thought, because someone pointed out that in the behind the scenes. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't actually think of that. Yeah, mm. no, I thought that was strange. And he's just like a normal dude in the first one. <laughs> yeah, he's just a college student. <laughs> just a fella. Just a dude. Just a dude. Did they go into the Stephen King element in the documentary? Oh, about how he like basically made it popular just mm. by giving yeah. like a one-line review of it. Gave the old Stephen King bump. He, he liked it. He saw it at the at Khan at the Khan market, um, and thought it was great, and gave it a good review. And that's kind of funny. The retrospective interview I read was talking about how it's kind of like this push pull in between. Like there are some places they don't want to show it, and advertisers didn't want to be involved because it was so gory and all those obscenity sort of charges. Mm. But then like Stephen King and other people. And the underground are kind of giving it, talking it up in like Edgar Wright, obviously finding a, a third rate copy of it. Um, it's like forbidden fruit, isn't it? It becomes that more, much yeah. more interesting to everybody involved. Absolutely, absolutely. No, good stuff. I mean, a decent horror movie by today's standards, it's a bit dated. But as you said, I, I can respect it. I see why it could have inspired a lot of horror movie directors, definitely. It would have been weird to see it back then too. Like we've got this, we've got looking at it from a twenty twenty two lens. It would have been really creepy back then, and it is still creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, it's, still, it's so. still pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And also another thing with this franchise, hmm. sort the fucking rights out, please, because <laughs> it is it is madness. Because as we're going to go into now with Evil Dead Two, they couldn't do a recap using footage from the first film at the start of this movie because they didn't own the rights to their own film. It's bizarre. It's madness. It's madness. So they basically had to reshoot the first film in recaps, which they didn't even do correctly. <laughs> they only did uh, Bruce Campbell, Ash Williams, and his girlfriend, and they didn't have his other mate and the other two girls yeah. there. So it, like, Why not do that? People talk, talk about it being a recap at the start, but it's almost like a, a reboot, really. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. Strange. And cle clearly at the end of the first film, Ash is dead. Like, the demon gets him at the end. We see that. Yeah. 
it's a PRV shot, so it is a little ambiguous. But they, yeah, they kind of retcon that where it actually uh, just flings him across the woods into a puddle, which it hasn't done at all. Anyone else? <laughs> That's nah, okay. just decided Ash gets to live. Nah, yeah, he's alright. Right. Do something, didn't you? Uh, I thought it was funny, um, like that he gets thrown into the um, the mud there. And as well, as well as the the torment he goes through in in all films of this series, it's like mm. Sam Raimi loves slash hates his actors. Clearly, <laughs> he puts yeah. them through hell, doesn't oh. he? He tortures Bruce Campbell in the behind the scenes. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I don't know." Well, I think one dude said, "Like, I think uh, Bruce Campbell might have like slept with Sam Raimi's girlfriend in high school or something Jeez. because he seems like it really." He seems like he really has it out for Bruce Campbell and filming the movie. He seems up for it though, old Bruce. That's oh, a, yeah. That's yeah. actors, I guess. They love getting down and dirty and they're a different breed, so it's okay. But still. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Nah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, number two, so what's the basic plot of this one, Monty, if you had to describe it? If you've seen the first one, you've kind of seen the second one. Still in the cabin. Back, back the to the cabin. <laughs> Evil Dead 2, back in the cabin. A um, couple of new mates show up. Yeah, so it's almost like the, it's a reboot slash continuation of the first story. Um, it's a reboot quill. Reboot quill. Well, they call them requels. They're kind of a thing, I guess. Kind of reboot. Yeah, like Mad Max Fury Road kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, so it is the first film again where he's gone to the woods with his girlfriend um, they come, stumble across this Book of the Dead and somebody has been um, in adapting researching it, it, researching it, um, analysing it and is talking talking the words aloud, which obviously awaken the spirits um, and then all the spirits start to torment them in the cabin. At the same time, though, the daughter of the researchers um, gets involved and she comes in to check in on her parents. Yeah, and um, some also like she meets some like hillbilly people. 
on the way as well. Yeah, so you help her to, to get to the cavern because it's sort of being cut off by the evil spirits. Um, and yeah, then, they break the bridge to get there. Yeah. yeah, and then it's kind of the first film more as well, where they're being tormented and can they get out alive. Um, but a lot funner this time. A lot funner. Um, especially the sequence where he cuts his own hand off and has to <laughs> deal with that. That was kind of cool. Absolutely. His hand gets possessed, mm. has to cut it off, and uh, kind of goes insane for a little bit. Oh, definitely. Like the house starts laughing at him, he starts laughing along with it, he's loving it. It's classic Bruce Campbell now. We're in yeah, that. He's arrived. Yeah. He has. He has, truly. It, it's kind of funny. It's like, so the first one did well. They went off and tried to do some different things, the filmmakers. <laughs> Sam Raimi didn't turn out so well. Like, oh, why don't you make a second Evil Dead? Okay. It's like, let's do it again. But also throw on some Three Stooges stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, definitely." And yeah, it works. I think. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's what makes this franchise now, yeah. in my opinion. Apparently, um, because he brought on another writer for this one, um, he had wrote like a short film called "Attack of the Helping Hand," um, <laughs> which <laughs> exactly which is about the hamburger helper, like. It's like a mascot in America just, like, attacking people, which is, yeah, funny enough because there's a, a hand in this that attacks people. Didn't see what they got on with that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. No, good stuff. Good stuff. But, yeah, just so much goofy shit. Like, his decapitated dead girlfriend rises from the grave and starts doing a sexy stop-motion dance with her half-rotten corpse playing around with her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun. That's cool. There's the whole, um, I, I never realized that his arm was in the chainsaw, was attached like that, just from like the posters and stuff. So that was, that was a fun <laughs> surprise for me. What did you think it was? I thought it was holding it. I didn't, I didn't look closely enough on the poster because I never really looked too deeply before now. Oh, okay. Yeah, All so right. that's cool. I thought you meant like he was born with it, you thought. Oh, no. No. <laughs> he was born with it little and grows with him as he, as he ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like well you know it's not not that crazy is yeah it? um that's a good sequence the the kidding up sequence and then when he says groovy that's <sighs> good shit iconic yeah. iconic money and you can see Edgar Wright saw that and was like okay i'm doing that in all my movies from now on <laughs> yeah he loves a good gear up sequence doesn't he yeah um you're wondering dylan if our boy roger had seen these films Oh, yes. Yes, I was. Um, he saw the last two. He didn't see the first one. At least didn't review it in the papers, at least. Um, Interesting. He gave three stars out of four for Evil Dead 2. Mm, perfect. You're on the same. You, you're, you're back on track with Roger now, aren't you? We go back and forth, me and our Rog. Uh, yeah. But we're on, we're on the same team now, so I appreciate it. I just wanted to bring up what he said, if you like, as this little quick review, which mm-hmm. I thought you might appreciate. He says... Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Just, I don't really, we don't really go by that, do we, down here? But that's what it was subtitled at the time. Yeah, that's what they called it at the time, yeah. Mm. Um, is a comedy disguised as a blood-soaked shockorama. It looks superficially like a routine horror film, a vomitorium designed to separate callow teenagers from their lunch. But look a little closer and you'll realise that the movie is a fairly sophisticated satire. Level 1 viewers will say it's in bad taste. Level two folks like myself will perceive that it is about bad taste. 
Like how he puts himself above a certain group of people. <laughs> he knows. He knows he's better than most of the population. He, he was he was pretty sure of himself. Yeah. Pretty elitist, but that's okay. That's all right. Roger. We'll forgive you, Rog. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta let it slide. Um, you know what else I like mm. in movies and in general? When there's time travel shenanigans, I like snake eating the tail shit. Okay. Do you know what I'm referring to in this? As in, like, grandfather paradox sort of stuff? Yeah, kind of. You, so you, you a... can't go backwards until you've gone forwards, and you wouldn't have gone backwards unless you went forwards sort of stuff. Ex- exactly, exactly. Because they're researching the Necronomicon, mm-hmm. and they find, like, this myth that there was a hero in the past with a chainsaw-like weapon that destroyed the evil, and then Ash gives him shit for not doing a good enough job. Like, ah, he didn't do a good job, did he? <laughs> Little does he know at that point. That's fun. Mm. It was him. Mm-hmm. It was him. Now that is good. Good stuff. Yeah. What else did you like about the movie, Lonnie? Anything in particular stand out to you? Well, I, I quite like the ending, to be honest. Um, and I think it's a good way, and it kind of depends how we interpret the second how the army darkness ends whether we go with the first or the second ending that we <laughs> that exists for that film um but it's like he gets through this thing he becomes the action hero and he, he does it he pretty much solves it all last minute he gets thrown in the past and like he just can't win which is a, it's a funny way to have a character he's a in a horror film you know he, he just whatever he does there's always just the, the briefest respite from from this I know, and this whole trilogy is probably like, like nearly, nearly ten years between all the movies. I would say. Then Army of Darkness came out ninety two, so just over ten years, I guess. Yeah, this one came out um, in ninety eighty six something, right? So yeah. Yeah, and I think Army of Darkness is ninety two, I believe, yeah. and they filmed in seventy nine originally. Oh, um, so it's kind of hard to buy Bruce Campbell in two, and especially three, as still a college student. <laughs> Yeah, because this is pretty much taking place over a day and a half. Really, yeah, it doesn't make sense in that respect. <laughs> but you know, again, as to the goofiness of it, you got to buy into that. Absolutely. And you wouldn't want anyone except Bruce Campbell in these movies. No, he's good, and it, it's a lot more fun the second one. Um, I, I still was a little bit that step removed, and I think it was just it got a little bit repetitive again. And there were a few times where it was just, you know, with their own but around it's all very good but i i think i like more story and that's probably why i'm leaning towards the third overall that's my favorite real really you like three the best okay well maybe 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 it's because how i watched it too that was pretty fun in time oh hello (laughs) hello how'd that happen we had a little watch party didn't we dylan it's a nice experience we had to have we had to have yeah it's halloween it was fun yeah, fun times. We started off initially watching two different versions of the movie, but we caught ourselves we probably a quarter there. through. We got there in the yeah. end. <laughs> um, Good stuff. So number two, anything else you want to talk about? I think you can see why it got more and why um, St. Mary went on to direct other things. I think it's all coming together, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, Army of Darkness, let's run through that. It's your favourite. Why don't you tell everyone what it's about as well? Well, okay, well, as I mentioned, at the end of the second film, Ash is thrown back to medieval times in Britain, 
Um, I'm not really sure why, but the Book of the Dead, I guess, was around back then. It was big back then for some sort of portal between the two times and the two books. It doesn't go into great depth of explanation, let's face it. Um, but he goes back with his car, and in the second film, he turns up, he's got the gun, and he, he fights off, he, he shoots the head off this sort of monster demon who's flying around, and he's a hero. Doesn't happen in the third film. Yeah, again, they kind of retcon the yeah, ending yeah. or just ignore it completely. Basically. In, in the yeah. next film. And again, different studio doing this one as well. Yeah, so very strange. issues out the door again. It's um it's strange for a film to a series to have two sort of reboots in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so very odd. Skeleton very of odd. a story. Um so in the third film, he, he turns up in medieval England and he's immediately thrown into a sort of slave scenario and he's not appreciated. He's not a hero, which I think works better in some ways. I don't know. Yeah. He, Ash is over everything in this film. Yeah. He, he's a bit of a dick, to be honest. He's very grumpy. And that's kind of fair enough. He, he wanted to just go spend a sort of, romantic weekend away with his with his girlfriend and it turns out he's in medieval England. So. Yeah, he gets Fighting attacked demons. by demons. Yeah. Loses all his friends and loved ones and mm. uh gets sent back in time to deal with the medieval times. Yeah. No good. No, no, I wouldn't no. want that. Sound like a bad weekend, you know? Um, Doesn't sound like the best. <laughs> so then he is um has to prove himself into this um ancient world and Eventually, they, they see him as a potential hero, someone who can go grab the Book of the Dead, bring it back to the wizards, they can say all the right things, all the spirits can be removed, be gone, and then he can go back as well to um, back to California, or wherever he's supposed to be in, in sunny America. <laughs> um, America, yeah. So, I think it works well. It's got more of a... a story structure to it it's got a bit of a journey a bit of a quest he has to go on there's a few other characters he interacts with as well at a certain point in the first two it is just bruce campbell running around a room which i quite like but it is nice to have other characters too around um and as i, I said it's got a it's got a story to it it's a very basic story it's not anything particularly compelling or fascinating in the story how it's told it's there to get set pieces and actually works pretty well in that sense. I like it. I, it. I get the sense, though, from the fans, it wasn't as well received. It's a bit more of an action comedy than a straight-up horror film. But maybe that's yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. You know? No, that's fair enough. I mean, I watched some interviews about it, hmm. and Bruce Campbell said that with the trilogy over time, they did want to extract the horror and kind of eventually yeah. turned into comedy, which it is, to be honest. It's not scary at all, really. No, it, it's it's closer to something like Robin Hood, isn't it? <laughs> Men in yeah, tights, sure. even. Yeah. Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of like gross faces, but there's hardly any blood, and the whole army of darkness is just like skeletons that are either puppeteered or stop motioned, yeah. which is just the goofiest thing. But I loved it. Like I said to you while you were watching it, the fact that the skeletons just have regular guy voices, like whenever they get killed, they're just like, ah, mm, yeah. ow. It's a fun <laughs> choice. It's great. I loved it. 
Yeah, like the first two, you, you wouldn't show probably to anyone under 13. But this one, you could probably give a 10-year-old to watch it, I reckon, and that'd, that'd be fine. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon. Probably go that far. Yeah, maybe the theatrical version, yeah. Don't want to show that uh, sexy love scene in it, Lonnie, that you loved so much, that you were all about. Oh, it's nice to have love. <laughs> No, nah, good on you. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, it, was, it was pretty fun. It's a bit silly. That's okay. Oh, it's tremendously silly. It's We talk about Three Stooges. There's mm. like actual Three Stooges gags in here. Yeah, getting like poked the in the eye eyes. poking, yeah. blocking it. Yeah, yeah, classic stuff, mate. Yeah. Classic stuff. And I, I said before that I didn't love stuff where it, well, I was getting used to and probably getting over... Bruce can't run around by himself getting blood thrown him. I did love the scene where it's Bruce versus little mini Bruce's. <laughs> it was great. It, it was fun. Bit of Gulliver's Tales. Yeah. Work we got there. Yeah. yeah. I love that he just wants to kill the little versions of himself. Wants yeah, to slot he's him. going around try, trying to stab him, crush him, Step burn on. him, whatever yeah. he can do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of the effects, because again, they aren't great. They're kind of dodgy in this. Uh, Bruce Campbell actually kind of defends the iffy effects in all of them. He said, we have no basis to judge how these things would look in our world. So if it looks a bit weird, that's fine. What do you make of that? I'm, I'm with Bruce. I, I'm not that worried about effects in movies, to be honest. I'm happy to accept it. If it, if it works in the story world, I'm okay with it. Hmm. Okay, okay. What about you? You're not, not so keen. I mean, stop motion still looks goofy. But again, as I said, for two and three, it works great. Like Especially it. works in this one because of the medieval setting. For sure, for sure. Mm. But yeah, it becomes a reluctant hero at the end of the day. Fights the army of darkness, as it were. And eventually goes home. But it's two endings, Lonnie. Two different yeah, endings here yeah. we're working with. Which one do you consider canon? Well, the canon one is actually the one where he goes back to S-Mart. You know, Shop Mart, Shop S-Mart. Yeah, because yeah, the, in, in the series he, he's working there still, isn't he? No, is it Value Stop because they can't use Army of Darkness oh. anything <laughs> in the series? Nice. <laughs> Again, rights issues. Terrific. Um. But they they did get rights to Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two footage, so that's good. All right, okay. Um, but you could just easily write that off as like, oh, he obviously got fired from Smart at some point, and this is all the work he's cut out for, so he yeah. just moved on to Value yeah. Stop. You know. Matter. But yeah, that is the canon ending because uh, what happens uh, in the other ending, Warning? In the ending I watched, and I think superior because I watched it, he takes actually takes too many of the drops of the potion that's going to keep him in suspended animation, basically, in, century, in centuries' yeah. time. He goes too so far. The wizard, like, yeah, he gives him, like, a potion. He's like, uh, one drop is one century of sleep, basically. And it's classic in character for Ash Williams. Hmm. He gets to drop five, gets distracted by a loud noise, and then forgets <laughs> what he counted to, and then takes an extra drop. So he sleeps another hundred years that he's not supposed to. Yeah, so he in the end wakes up in a sort of post-apocalyptic world where everything's gone to shit. In potentially 
the timeline has also folded on itself because you can see Big Ben and everything outside of his and anything. Oh, I guess he was still in England. That makes sense. But yeah, everything's there and it's all sort of terrible. Um, but that doesn't make any sense. of the apes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He, I don't know what that future holds for him. <laughs> you could think of it as like an alternative timeline, I suppose, where he could have fight demons in that post-apocalyptic world, and that, that could work. But um, the, the the original ending that that was the original ending, and apparently it was a bit too um downbeat for the studio. They wanted to have a happy ending and heroic ending, which is what they got. Yeah, definitely. In the in the canon ending, he just goes back to his current times. Um, but he's he's supposed to say words when he does the drops, um, mm. which he doesn't. He muffles them. And so demons are back in the current times because he's a dickhead. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was good. Roger, not so much. What do you give it? Two? Come on, two at least. Roger. He gave two. He gave three stars for two and two stars for three. <laughs> okay, I'll take two stars for three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do he you say? Sa- he said, uh, "Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness is a goofy, hyperventilated send-up of horror films and medieval warfare." So action-packed, it sometimes seems less like a movie than like a cardiovascular workout for its stars. The movie itself looks storyboarded. One action sequence flows into another with only the briefest of pauses for elementary plot details. And I think that's pretty spot on, to be honest. Um, but I like that there was a skeleton of a story as opposed to just like... <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Rather than we're just in a cabin and things are happening, at least he did go on a bit of a journey and back, and they had to fight off people in this battle. Oh, we didn't mention old mate who turns up at the battle. The last moment. <laughs> the very last moment, he comes in and takes all the credit. What's his name again? Uh, is it Richard? Is it Richard? That doesn't matter. Can't remember. Anyway, there's some guy he saves at the start. Hmm. Um, and he's grateful. He runs off into the night with all his mates. And then, basically, the whole time the battle's happening... The leader of the castle's like, mate, where is this guy that we're supposed to be waiting on? He said he was going to come. And Ash is like, he'll be here. You know, <laughs> just give him a minute. And literal last second turns up. Yeah. I mean, like it's still appreciated, but at that point, <laughs> at that point, may as well not know, come. It's, it's, it, but it's still saving the day. He He tipped the battle. But Just, like, yeah, come earlier, mate. You know, <laughs> you could help more. Absolutely, well, he did help, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> nah, good trilogy. I can't believe you didn't like it, Lonnie. What's wrong with you, Red Dog? Well, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I mm. did the watch party with you for Army of Darkness. Great title, by the way. Um, yeah, I. Prefer it if they called it Evil Dead Three Army of Darkness instead of just Army of Darkness, but you know that's you true. They also apparently Sam Raimi wanted to call it Medieval Dead, which I would have liked a lot. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I would have loved that. Now you have seen Ash vs Evil Dead, which is the follow-up TV series. Pretty good. I watched the first season. Oh, it's great! It's the best Evil Dead thing. Really? I think uh, two might be better. Nah, I think Ash vs. Evil Dead is real good. It's got great side characters, which none of these movies really have, no. to be honest. They're pretty much carried on Bruce Campbell, and so I guess it kind of 
how much you like Bruce is how much you like the films. Yeah, but in the show, it's plenty of Bruce and mm-hmm. his friends in it are great too. And like he has a mate, Pablo. He's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Love okay. him. I would die for him. <laughs> That's nice. What's the general plot? Is that Ash is it's like 30s in the future. Ash is a bit downbeat, down and out, and then he has <laughs> to start fighting again. Yeah, yeah, it's um basically the yeah the deadites come back into the world and he's he's basically fighting them and trying to stop the end of the world. Really, I've only seen the first season. That's pretty much how it goes. But okay, season two and season three are good. I'm watching it again, so get back into it. Okay, and there was a a remake of number of first film called Evil Dead. You haven't seen it. You're not mm. interested. Nah. No Bruce Campbell, no Dylan watching the movie. Well, there you go. He's he's officially retired from the role, um, but at the time of recording, there. I mean, I mean, he has to. Yeah, I mean, so he says, but he's still doing video game voices well, for yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I guess if Sam Raimi called up tomorrow and said, "Hey, I've got a good idea. We've got ten million dollars for you. Let's do it," he probably wouldn't say no. <laughs> Maybe I don't I'm know. Not... I, I don't know. I watched a podcast with him today as well. Mm. And he seems pretty overacting. Like, he's moved off into, like, the middle of Oregon. Like, out of mm. nowhere. He, he's, he seems I guess he's a bit older. Content. Yeah. Yeah, he seems pretty content to be a mountain man. He tells a cool story about how, uh, like, no one really knows him around those parts. Like, the first day he got there, one of his neighbours rolls up on a horse. Mm. He's like, hey, played a cowboy in a film, didn't you? You want to <laughs> rustle some cattle on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> And Bruce Campbell's like, uh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yes. And so he helped his neighbour herd 100 cattle. There you go. They don't, they don't care that he's Bruce Campbell, famous actor. He's just the dude. Nah. Yeah, that's funny. I think that's why he loves it there, to be honest. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. I think Michael Keaton does the same thing. He lives on a farm most of the time. And he, and yeah. he leaves to go make a movie and then comes back pretty much straight away. Yeah. yeah, Brock Lesnar lives in the middle of nowhere. I think Dave Chappelle does as well. Mm. Was out in the country. Yeah, it's good recluse. So there's a new new film being made. I think it was filmed in New Zealand, of all places. Um, but the connection to the original series remains to be seen. That's why I feel Ash vs Evil Dead was in New Zealand as well. Oh, okay. Must be some sort of connection there. It's probably because um, you can fuck over the labour there because of the Hobbit Wars. Oh, say. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, is what it is. They made a lot of um, Power Rangers there too, which was a cool episode. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. Hmm. When's Australia going to get another crack? We had that bit of a period in the mid 2000s where everything was filmed here. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, um, I mean, there's some stuff still filmed here, but you wouldn't not, know it. Not like it used to be. No. no. We had like Ghost Rider and Star Wars prequels, two and three, I think. They filmed Matrix here. They filmed a few of the Marvel films here the last couple of years because we were doing better with COVID. Um, mm, okay. Like Chong Chi, Thor's. Who cares about those, though? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> right. That's us done, I think, right? Yeah, so. What more could... do you have to say? Nothing. No, I'm glad we watched these. I, I don't know if I'm going to rush out and see. The reboot or the um, the new one coming out next year. I might see some Ash vs Evil Dead in the future. I think you should watch it. I think you'll like it. It's much more story driven, which you seem to care about. So, 
Okay. It's still violent, though? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But in a fun way. But it's, it's still funny. Yeah. yeah. It's still great. Okay. I'm going to give it a go. I do, I do appreciate a show that's got, like, just three seasons to watch and you missed the over and done with. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, great stuff. And, uh, well. Well, it's been a great, it's been a great Halloween um, viewing experience, Dylan. The spooky season. Thank you for that. That's okay. You know what? I miss you, man. I miss you, man. And we're on the socials before we go. Oh, yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> also, Mark gave us a theme song back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I miss you, man. Whatever. All right. Oh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.